This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Packs What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we didn't expect this, I don't think. It is Monday, January 9th, after... The Packers have lost to the Detroit Lions at home Sunday night football. Um, all they had to do was win and they were in the playoffs. And unfortunately they lost 20 to 16. And uh, it feels like how only the 2022 Packers can lose a game. So Barry, how are you doing? We didn't expect this to end so abruptly. It's so disappointing. And it's just so classic Packers, like everything about this game. And I'm sure we'll get into all the bits of it was just like a compounding of all of their issues all season. And I think it's extra disappointing because I never thought that this team was good enough to make a push. Like I wasn't thinking that, you know, they would make it to the Super Bowl, but there would be something so rewarding about being able to turn the season around just enough to sneak into the playoffs or wild card spot, even if they lose, even if they get blown out by the 49ers in the first round, like, to be able to say, like, look at what we were able to do at least with the second half of our season. And then, you know, and no matter what, right, it's the last game at Lambeau for a lot of these guys, like, feel like you're reminded of what it's like to come in and play on your home turf, which it seems like no one is afraid of Lambeau anymore. But instead, they completely shit the bed. They do all of the things that made them struggle the first half of the season in general and played real. I mean, this is what we said going into this game, right? Our key to this game was win the turnover battle, be better in the red zone, play clean ball. And they did none of those things. And that's why they lost. Yeah. It felt very similar to the first game that took place in Detroit. Um, And I mean, if you look at the game on paper, you know, which, we talked about last time too, the Packers were in, you know, a really favorable position for a lot of this. Um, they had almost identical rushing yards. The difference of course, being that the, the Lions scored two rushing touchdowns. Packers did not um, only two sacks against green Bay, one sack, you know, for the Packers defense against Jared Goff, you know, the lions fumbled once, but they didn't lose their fumble. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the Packers lost a fumble. They had two turnovers that way. So just really tough to see, you know, everything that, that we talked about the way that they were able to, you know, respond. And I, I don't know about you, but I thought after the Vikings game, like that writing that high of most points scored in the season, you know, you're going up against an NFC North opponent that you have like a lot of history and animosity and bad blood with like Lambeau field, obviously selling out 78,000 people there again, 
maybe Aaron Rodgers' last game at Lambeau Field, you know, all things considered, it just it, it really fizzled when we, I think we all expected it to, to be a little bit more impactful. Yeah, and they just needed to go in and win. That's all they needed to do. And as soon as the Seahawks won, I felt really uneasy because I knew that Dan Campbell and the Lions were going to come into this game and play no matter what the situation was. And this almost gave them the opportunity to like, pull all the tricks out of the bag that we saw, you know, not care, go for it on fourth down because they have nothing to lose. And it was just the exact wrong formula for this Packers team to go up against. But to me, this game and this loss is on the offense. Um, The defense kept them in this game. They kept the Lions to six points in the first half. The Packers had multiple trips down to the red zone. They all resulted in field goals you're not going to win games if you're kicking field goals. I don't care who your opponent is. And then, of course, in the second half, Detroit, like I said, does not care. They're pulling trick plays out because it doesn't matter. They get a touchdown to take the lead, and they're only up by four. And that's all that it takes against this Packers team who simply cannot get any kind of rhythm going on offense. Rodgers was not seeing the field well at all. I don't think he played well at all in this game. Obviously he threw a pick, almost had another pick, had a pick turned over by a face mask. Like he was not playing well. He wasn't attacking the middle of the field and they kind of had their number in the run game, which when the Packers don't play balance, they just don't have the manpower to pass really against any secondary so it just all kind of fell apart when I think they couldn't get one touchdown in the first half if they had gotten into the end zone I think one of those three times this game would be completely different they would have won yeah and I mean you know even when the Packers were up 16 to 13 it just didn't feel safe you know I know we talked about this after the Vikings game where you wanted the temporary expectations because, you know, we saw obviously the Vikings come back from the Colts deficit and, you know, but you know, this, that felt, you know, towards the end of that game, really promising for the Packers and the way that they were able to turn their season around, even going up, you know, seven points um, against, or three points, I guess, at the end when it was 16 to 13, it just, I, I just felt like it was going to slip away from them. And it feels like there's always a turning point. And I don't want to put the blame on Aaron Jones solely, but there's always like a big momentum shift that you can feel. Yes. And I think, like you said, not being able to score when the Packers got down into the red zone, there was the field goal. I think the field goal too changed a lot. You know, just the, the way that the way that it doinked in last week for this to doink out, just, it felt like, you know, the Packers just needed a couple things to bounce their way. And this yeah. game was nothing was bouncing their way. Yeah, and the biggest stat to me is that when the Packers lose the turnover battle, they lose the game. Yeah. And so I knew immediately when Aaron Jones fumbled and Aaron Rodgers threw the pick and the defense wasn't making plays, that that was – that's the telling stat. That's it. And in my mind, I'm thinking this defense needs to make a big play or special teams has to make a big play and get the Packers into really good – like field position because that turnover battle is the ultimate tell for how this Packer Packers team plays. And I said it, I've said it for weeks now, you can't rely on turnovers to win. You just, you can't, you have to play as clean ball as possible. But if your focus is on picking off a quarterback three times, 
and that's how you win games, it's just not going to happen every time. And of course the lions are going to play like a little bit more conservatively keep away a bit because they don't need to pass the ball. They don't need to win this game. I'm surprised they even were passing in the fourth quarter because they could have just kept running it down the Packers' throats with Jamal Williams, and it would have been fine. Um, but it was just one thing after another, and just just so sloppy. I mean, Rasul Douglas came on Twitter and kind of explained why he <clears throat> knocked the ball away because apparently the Packers called a timeout, so he didn't want the kicker to get a free kick, practice kick out of it. But, like, Punching the guy after you do that, so unacceptable. Quay Walker, I have no nothing to say. Like, completely, completely unacceptable behavior. Just, like, penalties up the wazoo. Stupid. Just stupid things that kept the Lions in the game. And that's a kind of, like, discipline that absolutely should not be showing up ever, but especially not at the end of the season when the game's on the line and, or just, I mean, ever, but just like you've played 18 weeks now, like that stuff's got to get out of your system. Like you're done here. You, you have to be more disciplined than that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's really tough too, because we've talked about the way that this team has been able to respond to adversity. And I thought that the middle part of the season was a really good Testament to that. Like, you know, a lot of, you know, pundits, we, on the show kind of were writing them off at four and eight and we're like you know this is just it for the season like you want to see how Matt LaFleur can get his guys to respond and rally and then they went on a four game win streak and it's eight and eight and it's winning you're in and then all these weird silly mental lapses start happening again where you know they were so locked in and so focused and Aaron Rodgers had kind of said that you know he felt like things started to turn around when the Packers were down to the Bears And that's, you know, when they came back and were able to win that game, that's kind of where the momentum shifted and they felt like practice was different and the energy was different. And, you know, you noticed it with the way that the, like the defense felt like it had more swagger. The offense had, you know, their orchestra last week, their like symphony celebration guys were more united. And then, yeah, this is like the, the biggest moment of your season where all you need to do is win the football game at home with your fans to get into the playoffs and all the mental errors come back. And I don't know if it's a coaching thing, if it's a player thing, if it's the pressure, if it's all the above, but I I don't like going back to the adversity thing because I think we've seen Matt LaFleur's team respond to adversity. So I think that's, that question has been answered. I just don't understand, I guess, where the lapse comes in then when there's these, these big moments. Yep. Yeah, and I felt like there were so many things that the Packers offense was doing well, and then they kind of got away from it, and then it just totally goes out the window when they get into the 20s. Like, Aaron Jones was running the ball well, but at the same time, like, him and A.J. Dillon combined for 21 carries. Like, that just doesn't feel like enough. yards. Yeah, it's just not that you're not you tell me that stat after the game. I'm like, they lost. There's just no way that they won that game. And Christian Watson was doing everything when he got the ball. But Rodgers was missing him when he was open or quite frankly, didn't even throw to him. There was one throw I'm thinking about along the sideline. I think it was a drop by Lazard and Christian Watson was running up the middle of the field wide open and just missed him. And like, that's the other thing is just Rogers so adverse to attacking the middle of the field. And I don't really understand why, because the Packers like passing offense is really good across the middle of the field. You've seen Christian Watson on those slants. You've seen Robert Tunyon up the seam. Like those are things that they actually like excel at. And sure, maybe this line's offense was 
defending those routes properly, but his just propensity to just chuck it down the sideline and hope his guy wins like a 50-50 ball, it's lo- it it lost it is losing them games. Like it lost them this game. He threw a, two bad balls that one both should have been intercepted. Obviously, like I, the face mask was a real penalty, so I'm glad it was called back, but just unable to pick apart a defense that isn't very good, low it, one of the lowest ranked in the league. And the Lions had nothing to play for, and the Packers had everything to play for. They were playing. Their motivation going into the game was keeping the Packers. They wanted to keep the Packers out of the playoffs more than the Packers wanted to be in the playoffs. Yeah, That's the energy that was on that field. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think, you know, it's it's hard to to look at all these like post-game pressers under a microscope because we understand that emotions are raw. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers has said repeatedly he's not going to hold the team hostage. He's got to, you know, make some decisions about his future. But I thought it was interesting that he said he thought this team was a couple pieces away, whereas, you know, that could mean that there's guys that are developing and they become those pieces next season. I just it the expectations that we had for this roster going into the season and the product that we saw on the field for this entire season, it's kind of hard to to feel like they're they're as close as maybe they think they are. I mean, I don't disagree, but like to me, that's just like Rogers avoiding the question which is, I don't care how many pieces you think you're away from this thing. You could say that every year when you lose, oh, we could have had this, we could have had that. You didn't do, you being Rodgers, in my mind, didn't do what you needed to do with the pieces that you have. Like, he was playing the way he wants to play, again, regardless of what the situation called for. And it's mind-boggling to me. And I saw these stats, and I want to, like, read them off because I think they're just so telling of this season. And again, this is not like, I'm not blaming the loss on Rogers. I thought he didn't get any help with his offensive line. Obviously like the run game couldn't get going there. There's lots of things here, but his passer rating went from last year, 111.9 to 91.1. So we're down over 20 points. He was 79.3 in the fourth quarter 73.8 inside the 10-yard line, 76.2 on third down, 73.4 on fourth down, 81.4 against the NFC North, 82.1 on first and 10. So that's his best so far. And when he holds the ball over two and a half seconds in the pocket, 83.6. That's bad. That is not good. There is not a single triple digit in there from Aaron Rodgers. So when you don't have potentially the supporting cast that you need, just these superstar players, you basically have Aaron Jones as the one superstar. I'd say he made a bad mistake in this game, didn't show up. A potential budding superstar in Christian Watson, 
who I think did everything that was asked of him in this game when he got the ball. He had over 100 yards. They just didn't get him the ball enough, in my opinion. You need Rodgers to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, with this supporting cast, you were banking on MVP Aaron Rodgers coming back, and this game was your bad choking Aaron Rodgers. Like, that clutch gene that he used to have in the fourth quarter, and you're thinking about, like, these Cowboys games where there's, like, a minute and ten seconds left and all you but that's gone. And I don't know if that's his age – the decline, whatever it is, it's gone. And this team just needed to play better. Everyone on the field, all 11 of them needed to play better because Aaron can't carry you anymore. And he tries to, and then he throws a pick because he, he isn't that guy anymore. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting too that after the the game, he was talking about how he didn't like the play calling on that final drive. And that's, you know, what led to the interception. And again, it just feels a lot like scapegoating. And we talked about how Matt LaFleur has like a bag of tricks for everyone on the offense. And then we get into a game like this and it seems like the bag is empty or, you know, the yeah. tricks disappear. And, you know, you're not, it's like you said, if, if you looked at, you know, the stats for guys like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, you could tell right away that they lost the game, like the number of reps they're getting. Um, even looking at the Packers' drives, like their first drive, first quarter, they went 75 yards, walked away with a field goal. Their- 46 of those, by the way, come off a penalty. So not because the offense did anything. Right. And, you know, their one touchdown, 83-yard drive. But they're they're taking like eight eight plays going 36 yards and kicking a field goal, taking seven plays to go 25 yards and settling for a field goal. Like, if the, the offense, you know, not to harken back to like Jordy Nelson, because obviously Matt LaFleur didn't get to coach some of these guys, but it's like you said, what Aaron Rodgers used to be so good at and what the offense used to just inflict fear upon yeah. their opponents by doing, they haven't been able to do. And they've got the guys to do it. You know, MVS was the deep shot guy a couple seasons ago. Devontae Adams, you know, is one of one with the the kind of career arc that he's having. Aaron Rodgers has the pieces to be able to do a lot of things on this offense and something's just missing. And I don't know if it's the play calling, the execution, the the audibles, you know, the getting on the same page, but the offense is just not what it was two years yeah. ago. And I think this offense, at least against Minnesota, like showed that they, what they can be, which is why this game was so frustrating. They were, I mean, I love Matt. I will defend Matt LaFleur to the end there he is safe as a head coach in my book because I quite frankly would really like to see him coach a different quarterback just to like get a gauge on what kind of coach he is I just don't think you can like accurately assess him but I will say he made some bonehead decisions in this game yeah like some seriously bonehead moves um I wouldn't have tried for the field goal the 53 yarder I I would have punted um, there's no reason to give, look, I know Mason had made a couple of like 40 yarders. Fine. He made the big one last week. Don't, don't risk giving the lions good field position. It turned around and bit them in the ass because they were able to score three points off of that. Like the fourth and fourth, That's awful. whatever that was like, first of all, if you want to call that, give it to your fastest man. I, right. Like, yep. Don't give it to your six five like blocking wide receiver slash like basically a tight end. Like I'm sorry, that's not Alan Lazard's strength. At least give it to Christian Watson. Give it to Aaron Jones. Like my God. Mm. But here we are. 
they did do a QB sneak later. And I was like, okay, you couldn't have just. <laughs> so it does that. work. <laughs> right. You know, like the play calling when I get, we'll harp on the red zone for the end of time, I think. But like the play calling when we get down to the red zone, abysmal. I just, and like, again, this is, it's hard because I also think the offensive line, like I said earlier, did no one any favors in this game. I mean, Rogers got sacked on something that like, was just not his fault, right? Like they just did not block Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know yeah. why you do that, but you get down to the red zone and you're at what first and goal from the five and you can only get two yards, three yards. Like that's on the coach to me still, because this has been repeated now where the red zone is just off. And like, again, I didn't think that this Packers offense was going to go on some kind of beautiful run to the Super Bowl here, but you don't deserve to be in the playoffs if you score one touchdown a game and you have like this many weapons at your disposal. And like, I know I'm ragging on Aaron Rodgers because he's not playing his best, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. He should not have one touchdown in a game. Yeah. And I mean, thinking about, you know, what we know would have been the matchup. It was just really hard. Even when the Packers were winning against the Lions, I texted my dad and I was like, I don't want to go to San Francisco. I know that there were a subset of the fan base that was like, we're going to exercise some demons. Like if you're in like a Cinderella, you're writing a storybook. Yes. That would be the path that you would take is they'd go and they'd win in San Francisco. And, you know, you'd beat, you know, Mike McCarthy's Cowboys again in the playoffs at some point. Like you could, you could write a storybook ending, but that was not going to happen for a, a team that, you know, on both sides of the ball, Nick Bosa, that front would have just decimated Aaron Rodgers. And then defensively, you've got Debo Samuel, you've got George Kittle, like, it was just not going to happen. And I think, you know, we'll we'll spend a lot more time in the, the coming weeks now that we have an entire offseason to kind of mull things over. But I think what's so tough about this loss, too, and it's the same conversation that we have every year when the season ends, whether it's abruptly, or when you can see it coming is a lot of these guys won't be back. And, yeah. you know, you can exclude the quarterback from that. Whatever happens at the quarterback position, there's a lot of other players on this team that won't be back. So if you thought you were a couple guys away and you're close these last couple of years, you're getting further away now. Like it, this team is, it's, it's going to so The window is shut. Like the, the window is officially shut. And I don't want to get into this in this episode because we're going to have, like you said, lots of time for kind of like a moratorium on this team and what it means moving forward. But this was it. Like this, you saw it. Rodgers and Cobb walked off the field together arm in arm. Like they know that this is kind of the end of an era. Whether Rodgers comes back next season or not, it is the end of some kind of era. And they just like petered out, just like disappointingly, meekly petered out against a Lions team that's ascending, that played with heart, that came into their house and said, you know, you've been our big brother for over a decade and we're over it, you know? So I I just hate, I hate seeing it. I do want to talk about the defense because I think there's a lot to be said there. I thought they were getting really nice pressure on golf in the first half. And then lines made adjustments and that Lions offensive line kind of came back to their like full strength in the second half. And they weren't really able to do anything again, not trying to dig too deep in the off season, but I just kind of think about if Rashawn Gary had been in this game, mm-hmm. how di- how different the season would be if Rashawn Gary never got hurt. But like the pressure 
that he brings like is such a difference maker and you're not seeing it from Kenny. You're not seeing it from Preston. You're not seeing it from the rest of those guys. And it just changes everything completely. And the secondary was fine, but they're still playing soft coverage and they're still, you know, they didn't make any plays on the ball in this game. And like so far plays on the ball have been the only way that they've like really kept themselves alive. And the Joe Barry formula, it showed itself to me. And I think if there's one thing that I'm going to take out of this game is that I really now hope like the Joe Barry saga is over. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, you know, the 49ers game last season in the divisional round, it was like, okay, his defense is finally coming on. Like they put some stuff together and it felt like it was enough to get him over the hump and get him this season. And, you know, the last couple weeks you're like, Hey, the, the turnovers are back and they're playing, you know, Jair's shadowing Justin Jefferson. Like they're making these adjustments that we want to see. I, I don't need to see a, a third season. I don't. I'm so not- as we're recording this, I just got a uh, update about this from Rob Domovsky. Quote, Joe Barry will be back as Packers defensive coordinator. <laughs> That's what I anticipate. Yes, Matt LaFleur said. I don't really anticipate a whole lot if any staff changes. Okay. Well. See, this is where I have a hard time. This is where I have a really hard time with Matt because he talks about fine tooth comb and self scout. And how can you look at this game and not want to make sweeping this season, even sweeping broad changes. That's so frustrating to me. Yeah. And I, I understand, you know, I think one of the, the hardest parts about the Aaron Rodgers era will be, of course, and, you know, it's really hard to win a Super Bowl. We say this every single season. You know, there's only one team happy at the end of the year. There's 31 teams that are upset and would trade places with the Super Bowl winner regardless. It sucks that Aaron Rodgers could retire with one Super Bowl, especially knowing how close this Packers team has been repeatedly. You know, I was complaining to Mark a couple days ago about how I think if the Packers have fans in the stands at Lambeau, the Buccaneers game is different. Packers in the Super Bowl, whatever. You know, you can't go back and rewrite history. But it's it's like you said, it's it's just exhausting now to have Matt LaFleur back, which again, I'm glad he's gonna be back. I don't I didn't want the Packers to get away from him after one season sub 500, but there's no changes. You know, there's a couple pieces. Maybe you're going to change on both sides of the ball, but if your coordinator's back, it's you, you said it, I think in every episode for the first like six games of the season, and it was the definition of insanity. And that's what this Packers team is. And it feels like the Packers are unable to get themselves over the hump and it's the definition of insanity because we've revisited this for the last like five seasons, even before Matt LaFleur at the tail end of Mike McCarthy's career, the Packers have just been the definition of insanity and just repeating yeah. these same mistakes over and over again. And now the window I think is shutting to the point that even if they did make some sweeping changes, I don't think they can reopen this window. No, no, um, no, it's shut on us Sunday night in prime time. Like, I hope this team's embarrassed. I I really hope they are. I hope that they look at themselves and do, like, a real self-scout at what went wrong. Because this game was so winnable. So, so, so winnable. And they just, like, let every opportunity pass them by. Every red zone trick that didn't turn into a touchdown. Every 
bad decision that they made, whether it was losing the football or bad tackling or bonehead decisions or a Jerron Reed arm to the head or like whatever it was, like they made so many poor decisions that like this loss is fully on them. The Lions didn't beat them out the water. The Lions were out there having fun and the Packers still found a way to lose. And I think like to your point, this is a repeated offense now that has to be looked at critically. And so the idea that this energy and this, I don't even know what it is, keeps repeating stems from the coaches. And so if you're not going to make any changes with the coaches, then you need to be making changes with the way you coach. I don't know if it's necessarily on the players a hundred percent because they have good players and they have good playmakers. They obviously need more, but you can't look at this season and say, "Eh, I'm not going to make any changes because that's ridiculous. They're under 500 for the first time in what? I mean, like in seasons that Aaron Rodgers has been a starter since his rookie, his first year, like I can't remember firing the McCarthy firing. Yeah. Like it's, there needs to be a critical look. And I think the tough part is, you know, even before, Joe Barry, we heard about Kenny Clark and Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith, you know, going to talk to Mike Patton and saying, like, this is what we want to do as a defense. We've heard Jair this season talk about, you know, the style of defense the, that he wants to play with Joe Barry. And there gets to be a point and, you know, player led team or not, you know, wh- whatever that means to you, obviously you don't want the players to entirely dictate. That's what a coaching staff is for. They're there to coach, but your players shouldn't have to go advocate that hard. And I think that's that's where this this stuff kind of fizzles out. It's probably really hard to be Jair and some of these guys thinking about next season when you're returning and you're in these massive contracts and you've got a roster that you're really proud of and a group that's really tight-knit and you're going to run the same thing. Like, it's got to be hard to get up and get the energy up and want to go play football for yeah. somebody that, you know, I... I don't want to say it doesn't have their best interests, but when you're just so against, you know, the scheme and, you know, how things are run, it it's like Zadarius Smith after the 49ers game when he said that they didn't want to feel that way ever again on the plane. And then it happened the next two seasons. Like there's something happening where they can say the right thing and feel the right way. And then it just doesn't translate in the big moments. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's a coaching thing or a player thing or a front office thing. I think it's everything. Yeah. I completely agree. There's something in also some of the players, post-game pressers, that's just left me feeling like maybe some of these guys were, like, checked out already. And that the last month was fun. But, like, for me, like, listening to Ellen Lazard, I was like, you aren't even faking that you want to come back next season. Like, they just seem out. And so, again, I think it's a culture like the Green Bay Packers have always had a winning mindset culture. And I think these really demoralizing losses the last couple of years, while yes, they're in games that very few teams in the NFL even make, I think it makes it even almost worse. And they become like more, I don't know, self-conscious and like aware of the fact that they keep losing in these big moments that it like almost psychs them out. Mm. I, I don't, 
that's my speculation of it, where it's just, like I said, so demoralizing to make it so close, so close, so close year after year after year and not be able to get over that hump. Like I'm not, um, I don't have a mindset of a player, but I know if it was me, I'd be like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is wrong with me? And that's not the mindset you want to have in a locker room. You have to have belief. And I think it was fun for the last month when there was like, there were stakes, obviously, like they knew they were still mathematically in it. And then all of a sudden there's real stakes and they fold and it's, it's the pattern. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the loss has become the identity. And yes. I think it's tough too, because by keeping this window propped open, they've made like a real gray area for the team. Like the team's in a very transitional spot and mm-hmm. Rogers had talked about, you know, he lumped guys like Mason Crosby and who's up there, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb. Um, he even said David Bakhtiari is somebody like, you don't know what the future holds for a lot of these guys. And I'm not saying I think that, you know, some of these players made the wrong choice coming back, but by not making some of these really tough decisions that the front office and the coaching staff and, you know, these players have made by holding it's, it feels like this team was like held together with like scotch tape. Yes. And now it's, it's falling apart and you're going to hand the reins to Jordan love or a different quarterback, whatever that is. And you're going to start like a really tough stretch now when I think, you know, you could have saved yourself a little bit and the, just the way that a lot of these players are going to fizzle out is so upsetting because you're, you're taking it away from the young guys and the transition is just going to be like this really foggy, like it's going to be harder for LaFleur, I think is what I'm trying to say. I agree. It's going to be harder for on everyone. I think when they finally make the decision to have that transition, if it's not clear cut, it's not, I think going to go as well. Um, And it's obviously harder to stomach to do a rip the bandaid off type of thing, but we have many moons to discuss this. Lucky so us. lucky us. I know it's sucks that the season is already over. I already miss football um, and I will watch the playoffs, but it'll be different without the Packers in them. Um, final thoughts on the final game. I think my final thoughts are just that I want some time to process everything. And, you know, I, I don't, I hate that we have to even say this on, on the podcast, but, all of these criticisms and the talk about the front office and the way like Aaron Rodgers has played, like I'm so grateful for this era of Packers football and for Aaron Rodgers. And I wouldn't have traded any of it. You know, yes, it would be nice to have like a second Super Bowl, but it, it tugs at your heartstrings when you see Rodgers and Cobb walk off the field together at Lambeau, because you don't know what the future holds. And, you know, if that was their last game, it's a shitty way for it to end, but that's how it ended. And Rodgers had said like, not everybody gets this the fairy tale ending. You know, sometimes you just your career is over and that's that's what happens. You don't always get like the the movie, the cinema, um the theatrical ending. So I guess just, you know, appreciating the season for what it was. It was very different, but also looking forward or trying to be optimistic about what this team can look like in the future, even though it's a little bit harder to be optimistic when we find out news uh, in the middle of the show about a lot of the coaching staff staying yeah. the same. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's always gratitude. I think I always watch every season with gratitude. It's kind of how I felt the last couple of seasons, just feeling like every season might be Aaron Rodgers' last. And again, we're going to have all off season to go through this because I have, I think, probably lots of thoughts and feelings about what I'd like this team to do that may not be 
what every, every other Packers fan wants. So stay tuned. But I think <laughs> there's still a lot of good to take out of this season, I think. And so I'm going to focus on that as our end of show because, A, I think besides the very stupid, immature thing that Quay Walker did in this game – putting that aside and of course not excusing it by any means, but this 2022 draft class looks like a hit, right? I think that there's a lot of young talent to be really excited about moving forward. And I think if they do have a changing of the guard, so to speak, there is somewhat of a foundation to build off of that, right? With the two young receivers with some of the young offensive linemen, hopefully David Bakhtiari stays with especially the defense, this young defensive core. I thought Devontae Wyatt played a great game. So I think just looking at that is really positive. And this team was able to bounce back. I know that this game sucked and like this game was not the example of them being able to overcome adversity, but the signs the last month, of them being able to make a turnaround should be a good one for people like us who have been talking about that as like Matt LaFleur's kryptonite. So I just hope that there are changes because I think change is good. And Andy Herman always says this, and I think it's the perfect just like way to describe the NFL. If you're not making strides forward, if you're staying stagnant, you're actually getting worse Mm -hmm. because everyone around you in the NFL changes and gets better. And I think the Packers need to really, really just make some of those changes this off season. Yep. Especially with the lions being as good as they looked, the Vikings obviously winning the North and the bears having the first overall pick, but we will talk about all of those things and more for the off season because we, you know, unfortunately have the off season starting a little sooner than we would like, but that is all the time that we have for today's show. Thank you as always for listening. It wasn't the type of season that we wanted, but we appreciate you continuously listening to the podcast, downloading the episodes and interacting with us on social media. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. We'll be back Thursday with, as Perry called it, our, you know, I don't know, our, our shout out to the end of the season, our recap. Um, and then, yeah, we have a lot of off season to talk about all the changes that you know we should be seeing at 1265. So as always, again, thank you for listening. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.